Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben. And welcome to the Film Busters Podcast. The film show with no filters, no prisoners taken, loads of disagreements, but one hell of a love for cinema. If you want to hear three friends ridiculing each other for an hour or so regarding their taste in films, then you have come to the right place. In each episode, one of the team picks a film for us to discuss. It could be anything from a recent cinema release to an all-time classic. So, strap in and get ready to get mad or get vindicated as we guide you through the murky world of being a film geek. If you like what you hear, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram using at Pod. You can also find each of our individual accounts. I'm at FilmBustersPaul. I'm at FilmBustersAdam. And I'm at FilmBustersBen. If you want to use your eyes instead of your ears, you can also visit the website at filmbusterspod.co.uk and if busting makes you feel good you can also support us at patreon.com forward slash filmbusters for exclusive content alright can we just get on with this now please filmbusters so Paul baby number two is coming it's on its way very soon at, at this very moment it is oh it's just just over it's just under two weeks just under two weeks it's actually it's actually the Wednesday in or in two weeks time, so it's the twenty fourth. We're getting that baby out. They're cutting Zoe open and pulling that baby out. Ah, oh, you know the date because of that, not because that's the day you're going to steal the baby. No, no, <laughs> not steal the baby. No, not not this. What time. baby would you steal if you could steal one? If I could steal a baby, what what are we talking about? Like, would you steal what? Nathan? Uh, they all the same. Well, out of all the out of all the. Whatever they're called, uh, I got, is it? It's get Gary, Barry, Larry. Can I forget this? Let me ask you a question, <laughs> right? Because in line with with that line of questioning, yes. If you, um, okay, so in two weeks, have uh, the baby comes out, right? Mm-hmm. And in the hospital, blah blah, and take take home raising the baby, okay? Yes. Um, the baby I think gets. I know where you're gonna go with this. Well, you might do, but the, I, I want to hear your answer. Nicole. So, ten years pass, yes. and you got that baby. Mm-hmm. Well, the baby's a little child now. Yeah. And then the hospital rings you up <laughs> and explains. I don't ever would do that. <laughs> hey, listen. A massive administrative error took place at the hospital. One of mm. the staff at the hospital went went rogue. Mixed up the babies. And yeah, you actually have someone else's baby. We've contacted the other parents as well. They would like to meet. We can all meet at the hospital. Um, A, would you go to the meeting? B, if you did go to the meeting and they said, how would you like to proceed? Would you like to keep the child which you've raised or would you like to swap it for your blood-born we're, child? We're talking 10 years, 10 years of past. Yeah. I would have a relationship with the child I've raised and the child that's actually mine. But who would you keep living in the house? I would keep the child I've been raising. Yeah. Because I don't believe that the child who's been living with the other family for 10 years is going to want to become a, a random couple. But they might get to a certain age in their life and be like, I want to meet my real parents. And so mm-hmm. would our child. Mm-hmm. And I'll be open to that. But... I've been raising someone for 10 years and that is really I mean what is what is a child it's basically it's, it's, it's yeah it's not just right. biological it's not just, yeah it's not just biological is it but I, I'll be mm-hmm. open to meeting that that child that that it's actually mine 
Obviously, you're going to want to. But you have to I've explain to the child very well. It's not your fault. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I'd be, I'd be open to having a relationship with with the whole group of us going on holiday and have nice times. I'm not going to be like, I need my child back. Interesting. It's interesting because I w- this is a uh, film that I watched recently. This is okay. the predicament, and uh, there are a few other layers to it, obviously. But yeah. the the one father when he finds out that his son the child he's been raising is not actually his biological son mm. he suddenly starts going this all makes sense because this other child has shares some of my quirks my eccentricities I can see my interests being blossomed in him the things he's into this child that I've been raising I've always thought god where does this come from why does he act like that etc mm. mm. um, I won't spoil it in case you watch it it's a Korean film I believe it's called Like Father, Like Son. Oh, I, I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. It's got like movies. a family standing That's on the right. like, front cover, yeah. That's right. But it's interesting because the two families meet in the hospital are like, in situations like this, we strongly advise the returning of the biological child to the, to the family as soon as possible. Mm. And how old were they? Ten years? I think they're ten, yeah. Mm. I don't think they would... Um, I don't think the hospital in real life would ever actually... Say we fucked up. Yeah, I don't think they would ever admit it. Well, it seems to be the reason for it seems to be because it's one member of staff went rogue. Anyway, it's not going to happen, so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's there's a point. There's not. It's not like the films where all the babies go into a room. (laughs) It's like you don't really leave the side of the baby as soon as it's born. It it happens in America, doesn't it? Unless yeah, unless there's something like wrong with the baby and they have to take it off then generally you normally just keep hold of your baby. So that whole baby thing that you see in movies where they're all lined up together in cots in a hospital yeah. and people are yeah. looking through the window, that doesn't happen here? No, no. So why do they do that in America? I don't know. <laughs> to let the, mo- the mothers have a rest because the, the fathers are at home drinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sassy. <laughs> yeah, probably. No My wife's had a baby. Let's go celebrate in the, in the bar. <laughs> How would you? How did you celebrate when you found out you had a baby and you had to obviously leave the baby and Zoe in the hospital? I did not. I slept there for two for two days. They allow that, do they? They did. They didn't. That time they did not allow it, and it, wasn't, like, it, it. wasn't over. COVID, it wasn't over COVID times. I think it all depends on what kind of ward you're on, what nurses are about, and right. that just so happened they didn't say anything to us. But they've they've actually been saying this time. I can't remember what they said before like last time but this time they're saying no you're not allowed to stay it's only visiting hours mm. but I'm sure they said that last time I'm just going to basically try my luck see what happens yeah you go home like and take that rest while you can mm. and then you'll it's be such a, I mean it's a, it's a crazy thing you. because Zoe can barely even walk because she described it as when after the first time she stood up after the cesarean it felt like a whole everything was dropping out of her that's what she Yikes. described as yeah. <laughs> It felt like obviously it didn't happen, but no, no, I should yeah. hope not. Yeah, <laughs> like, this went wrong. Half of her on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you meant to stitch me up afterwards? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how she will be able to, as well as look after a newborn baby. It's a bit nuts. But... This is where you need to go get your rest, and you can do the looking after, and she can do the resting afterwards. Well. It's, uh, but I don't mind. It's, it was so uncomfortable. I slept in like a, w- it's a wooden, most uncomfortable chair in the world. I mm. barely slept, but 
at least I was there kind of to support her, you know. Kind of. You took your top off, hugged the baby. I took my top off, yeah, skin to skin. Bit of skin to skin contact. It's good, it helps the baby to uh, get to know. And also it helps if it's getting skin to, to skin on, on Zoe. Getting to the, know all about The breast milk starts you. coming in if you give a bit of skin to skin contact. What do you mean? It's all very magical. It's, that's how you that's how you start bringing on breast milk. If you start, as soon as they get that skin skin contact, your body knows to start mm -hmm. producing breast milk. It's it's a it's amazing, man. Like do you know do you know if uh, if the baby starts getting ill, mm. your breast milk right will will suddenly change colour to like a blue colour because it's filled with antibodies. It knows exactly what the baby needs. Man. If the baby gets ill, like two months later, the breast milk turns blue. It turns blue because you, you can tell that the color of the breast milk changes because it's filled with the antibodies the baby needs to help it get through what the illness that it's got. How does the body know that the baby is ill? It just does. Motherly Man, instincts. the human body is, is nuts. It's nuts. That's the kind of thing it does. One of the most amazing and little study... For, this is amazing, yeah. Phenomenon shared on social media is a change in breast milk appearance when an infant is ill. Mothers who express milk notice that the milk might have a deeper yellow appearance when their infants are ill. I mean, this is all disgusting as far as I'm concerned, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, it's all very magical. But yeah, we're here because I'm going on parental leave. I get four and a half months of the BBC. Have we discussed this in the podcast? How many? Do you, how much do you get from Filmbusters? Filmbusters, we get just just One over month. a month, about a month and yeah. a half. <laughs> One month, or it's half pay for you it's, for the rest it's of your more life. Than, it's more than the general two weeks that the uh, the government gives you. So yeah, I'm happy enough for that. But um, yeah, four and a half months the BBC gives me. It's, it's quite wonderful. It's very good, mm. and uh, mm. you'll be taking that from the end of May. Yes. Yeah, so well, I'm taking it from the 24th. 24th of May, yeah. Very that, good indeed. That'll take me all the way up to, uh, I think, the 1st of October. Wow. That's a shame. If that was still kicking along, we could have gone to the London Film Festival. You'd have been able to do it while you're on paternity. Oh, baby. I oh, baby, baby. It's not like a holiday, is it? <laughs> I mean, at the end of four months, it's like it almost pretty much holiday. Yes, <laughs> like he's gotten you've used to it by then. You've very much bedded into to the baby ways. But, um, yes. Yes. We're having. If, if no one knows, we're we're going away for a little bit, all of us, because I'm going away for a baby. They're going away for Glastonbury. So yeah. The, well, we're not two, really going two away more for episodes. Glastonbury. It just happens to fall in the time, and it's a nice yeah, way to come back together. Exactly. Yeah. It's a nice little break for you guys. And um, so these last two episodes, they they are both related to the things we're going to do. This episode, as you know, is raising Arizona. It's related to a baby. It's it, the film has been picked by our patrons. And next episode, we'll we'll let you know at the end of this episode what we're doing, which is related to music, because Ben and Adam are going to Glastonbury. Yeah, yes. all very topical. Do they not know mm, what we're exactly. doing next? They, they know do. if they follow our Twitter, but we might as well discuss it. If they paid the enough the attention, episode. they should know. Yes, yes, exactly. But yeah, Raising Arizona. Um, another Coen Brothers film. Another Coen Brothers film. Another Coen Brothers film that Jamie has brought to the podcast. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, Jamie Went for this one. Well, yeah, Jamie's the one who suggested this baby film. But um, what was else was it? Was it? Um, what it was, was it? Two thousand and one. Um, Two thousand one. A space odyssey. Prince of Egypt. Yes, Prince of Egypt. This film. So it's between three films. Yes. So those three films. Very good. So, uh, if you want to do wonderful things like 
and uh, you know vote for films that we're going to do on our on our paternity leave and Glastonbury leave you can go and do that www.patreon.com forward slash filmbusters Glastonbury leave <laughs> yeah Glastonbury leave where um, you can get all the exclusive episodes and stuff but we're actually on a break right now and I think I think you can't actually sign up anymore while someone's on a break on their patron so mm. you probably have to wait till we get back anyway if you want any of this goodness well there you go yeah so all these lucky patrons get to listen to all our back catalogue and you got guys got to wait who are not subscribed so sorry about that excellent anyway yes Raising Arizona today Adam do you want to somehow get into talking about it by doing the staple of every episode yes do you want to do the quiz let's do, let's do quiz. it okay so this is the quiz and I'm going to ask these guys two questions. If they get the question right, they get the point. If I get, the, if they get it wrong, I get given the points. Um, the scores are currently ten to Paul, ten to me, and eight no, it's to not. Ben. It's eleven, isn't it? Is it eleven now? Yeah, eleven. Yeah, I yeah. swear, I looked at it this morning. Okay, it's eleven to me. It's eleven to Paul, and it's eight to Ben. Um, are you ready for your first question? I think so. Yes. Annoyingly, it's kind of been a little bit pulled up so far. What are the name of the other children that Nathan has? Okay. Barry. Oh. I want all of the names for a point. Barry. Harry, Nathan Larry, Jr. Gary, Nathan Jr. Yeah, and Harry. Let's say that again. Barry, Larry, Gary, Harry, Nathan Jr. Yeah, correct. I don't know who gets the point on that. I think Paul, Paul got that, gets it. Okay. And what is the name of Nathan's Arizona business? Uh, oh, uh, Unpainted Arizona. Well done, Paul. Look at all the points there. <laughs> Christ this is almighty. the baby episode, after all. I, I deserve all these points. <laughs> I, I was never going to get that. <laughs> I hope that um, Ben steals all the points for the music episode. Let's make yes. it a trend. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Can we talk about Raising Arizona? Yes. Go on, then. Okay, let's talk about Raising Arizona. Where is that baby? Where is he at? Go find him, honey. <laughs> Cut it out, Glenn. He's asleep right now. Oh, shit. I hope we didn't wake it. Can I just sneak a peek a Come on, kids. Get away from Mr. McDonough's car. What's his name? Uh, uh, hi, um, hi, Junior, till we think of a better one. Well, why don't you call him Jason? I just love biblical names. If I had another little boy, I would name him Jason Caleb or Tab. <gasps> I had all my kids a hard way. You just got to tell me how you got this little angel. What do you do? Just fly straight down from heaven. Well, you're going to send them to Arizona State. Right, everyone. Yes, we're doing Raise Arizona from 1987 by the Coen brothers. This is also the first year we did when we started doing rounds, 1987. Is it? Yeah. This is the year year Robocop. Seeing it pop up at one point. Hmm. And thinking, ooh, that could have been a film. I think Jamie just, Jamie just loves 1987. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's a good year for him. Um, yeah, this is a spoiler episode. If you haven't seen it, we're going to spoil it terribly for you. So you might want to go watch it and then come back and we can we can just chat everything and you can understand it. Uh, there's people who have been in episodes we've done before on the podcast, films we've done before on the podcast. Do you know what they are? Mr. Cage. Yes, what films? Face Off. Yep. Yeah. And one other. I want another one. Um, Come on, Benny. Uh, Wild at Heart. Yes. Yes, oh, indeed. Yes. Yep. 
feel like Holly Hunter must have been in something we've done. Yep, she's been on one other thing. I don't think you'll ever get it, though. Very obscure one. Mm, go on, then. Incredibles. No, we have never done Incredibles. Oh, no, Adam just <laughs> listing random films. I just know she's in there. <laughs> 13. Oh, yeah, 13. She is, yeah. 13, yeah. She, I think she's Evan Rachel Wood's mum in it. Yeah, yeah. I think you're yeah. right. Uh, we got one, two. So we got a, a, a double act we've done before. Obviously, we've said what other films we've done. Oh, The Brothers. Yeah. yeah. We've done Turn a few. Brothers. This is our third. Oh, What's not as many as I it? thought then. No. What's the Who's other the one? Big... We've done Burn Off the Reading, this and which other? Come on, early days. Oh, um, oh Buster someone's going to be in Buster Three Billboards or something. Yeah, there's someone in Three Billboards, Buster, Buster yes. Frances McDormand. The most McDormand. obvious one, Frances McDormand, and she's also been in... She's Morty's... also been in Burn After Reading. Yeah, there we go. And there's one more person. This one you'll never, ever get. <laughs> I don't think. You could take a guess, you could take a stab at the dot. So uh, what, John Goodman? This is the first John Goodman film yeah, we've done. Yeah, first John Goodman. Wow, yeah. wow, yeah. wow. Welcome to um, the podcast, John. Bill Forsyth. No. Hmm. No. Yeah, it's it's uh, Randall Tex Hobb, who oh, yeah. is who's Leonard Smalls, the biker. Yeah. Can you guess what he was in? Very recent film we've done. Oh, it'll be um, it'll be Wake and Fright, probably. No. No. Oh. When when I heard this, I was like, actually, I think I, I know who that who he was in it. Blind Fury. Oh right, really? <laughs> Wasn't he the really? guy who fed in the hot tub, or something? <laughs> the one who no, the one who got stabbed, guy, and it? then he was still alive. Or he oh, got Christ, slapped, I can barely remember alive. anything in that film. I'm just oh yeah, drunk. you were you were drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible film. Rewatch it, rewrite it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's everyone. Wow, there's a lot of people in this film that we've done before. Give this, give it like a, a few years more of the podcast, and there's gonna be so many people in every film. I know. It will, <laughs> the anomalies. The interesting thing is now when we're like, oh shit, that person we haven't done before. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's like, and especially yeah, when they're exactly. quite yeah. big as well. well. Like John Goodman is weird. It feels like, oh well, why would we have seen a John Goodman film before? But John Goodman is one of my most watched actors. So he's in like every time. film. Yeah, mm. he's he's in my top like fifteen, I think. Oh, great. Wonderful. Maybe we'll bring Flintstones one day. I, yes, I was tempted. I don't know if we ever had a year when it was in, but I, I always thought that that would be quite fun to do. Yeah. Well, welcome, John. Welcome. Adam, are you ready to do a plot summary of this film? Yeah. This is about Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter. They can't have a child, so they decide to steal a child, and they fall in love and with the child, and... Then there's a little like hunt to go and find the child. Every, How many times are you going to say the child? Yes, I was hoping you're going to say the child. I was hoping you're going to say it one more time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and then the child gets <laughs> given back. Not even the to baby. the to the to the original parents of the child. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That is the story. Yes, that is ben, the silly do you have story. Any trivia about this film? Well, a little. So this was the second Coen Brothers film that was made, and it was made as a direct response to their dark thriller debut, Blood Simple. You boys seen Blood Simple? No. Oh, very good. Not, Go no. and watch it. Very fast, fascinating, considering it was their first. So mm. it was Blood Simple, very dark, and 
the Cohens decided to make this much lighter and fast paced. And because of that, when it was released, it really divided opinion. As some people were cr criticizing it for being too tonally different. But it's like, why would you criticize something for being tonally different? If you've yeah, got variety, silly. that's good. But I guess it's kind of like, if you're expecting, oh, these directors do dark films. It's not a, so it's not a sequel, that. is it, the film? <laughs> no, I know. Anyway, the script was written over three and a half months, shot in 10 weeks, and is one of the... Wow. I don't know if it's the only film, but it's one of the very few films not to have been edited by them also. Um, Holly Hunter's part was written specifically for her. Nicolas Cage had to audition, beating Kevin Costner, who actually auditioned for the role three times. And I could actually see oh, a young Kevin, Kevin Costner in that role now. But, despite that, Nicolas Cage and the Coens had a bit of a rocky relationship. They didn't really see eye to eye because Cage wanted to bring his own artistic vision to the film. And that clashed with the Coens. <laughs> and Cage later said, Joel and Ethan have a very strong vision and I've learned how difficult it is to accept another artist's vision. They have an autocratic nature. That's very harsh, very harsh. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just Cage that the Coens didn't connect with. They didn't like at all. Your man that you just mentioned, Paul Randall, Tex Cobb, Joel Cohen said he would never work with him again because of his wow. brash behaviour. Well, I don't um, think anyone really worked with him again after a couple of films. Well, no. Is he doing anything else? I know. Um, the film has very high-profile fans. Both Matthew McConaughey and Edgar Wright call it their favourite film of all time. Um, wow. Fifteen babies were used to play the quintuplets in the film, and one of the babies <laughs> was fired because it started walking during production. <laughs> Fired. Get this. The mum of the baby, in an attempt to cover up the fact that the baby was walking, started putting the baby's shoes on backwards to hobble oh. the poor fellow. Oh. I mean, that's it's, it's quite a funny image because I know... I know he, she probably just put it on the on the wrong feet, but putting the shoes on backwards makes it sound funnier. You know, putting the shoes on the wrong feet, that is a throwback yeah. to Antichrist. Antichrist, yeah, yeah. Much darker film than this. <laughs> much, much darker. People wanted the comments <laughs> to do that. They didn't want. They thought they were going to go and see Antichrist. They didn't think they were going to get this. <laughs> anyway, that's about it for now. Very good, very good. Thank you very much, Ben. Uh, so this is uh, a Twitter pick. Twitter decided for us to do this film. So Adam, you get to decide what order you want our first impressions in. Let's just do film busters. You're loving a bit of film busters order I know, at the moment. That's aren't you? his default. Yeah, it's nice to do it that's when his default. when it's someone picks it. It's just they came for us. We'll do it in our order. Mm. Good, very good. Okay, um, I've seen this this film many times. And although I think it's a good film, I just I just never really take anything from it. Really, it, it's like it's 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 certainly amusing. I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything is really incredibly funny though. Nick, Nicholas Cage is in it, so it's it's a big win. But I I just don't think it's it's great. You know, it kind of it kind of reminds me of like a tolerable Wes Anderson film in places. <laughs> Mm. I don't know why this is feel a feel of that kind of style. Um, I, th I think the Coens they excel for me when they're like tackling something a little more grounded in reality and, and gritty, like No Country for Old Men, or or grounded with just like a ridiculous characters residing in that kind of world, like Burn After Reading. Two perfect films from the Coens, but here we stride somewhat into some weird fantasy cartoonish world 
which 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 works perfectly with Cage's character, but I don't necessarily love it. And like, I think the Coens are great at like blending serious like threat with oddball comedy and like the grounded grittiness. But I think it only really ticks the oddball comedy box for me, and it and it wasn't even that hilarious. But I I do enjoy the silly situation. John Goodman and, and William Forsyth are great. And that hair pomade, man, they, it's fucking gross. It makes me feel uncomfortable when they, they put it on in that, that bathroom mirror. mirror. <laughs> but um, Nick Cage and Holly Hunter make for, make for an enjoyable leading couple. And it's a decent little ride. But the Big Lebowski is its superior with, with this kind of tone that they're trying to straddle. And that's my first impressions. Okay. Okay. Um. So I watched this film for the first time, well, I don't know, a couple of years ago. It must have been about three or four years ago, maybe. Um, and ever since I watched it, it's always those films I wanted to come back and rewatch, but I've never just got round to it. Um, I thought it was okay then, and I enjoyed it a lot more. I, not a lot more. I enjoyed it more this time around. I think I kind of got it under more, understood it a bit more, and also kind of know what the Coens are about a bit more since I've rewatched it then and come to enjoy their style a little bit more. Um... Like it's, it's very early days. It's very them trying to work out exactly what's going on. Like you said, Big Lebowski is them kind of perfecting it. But I still really enjoyed it. And I still enjoyed the oddballness and all the silliness about this film. And yeah, yeah it's, it's a good film. I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I was, I was not expecting it to go that way. I thought Paul would have enjoyed it more than you. Mm. Mm. There you go. Um, I never enjoyed this when I watched it the last, the first time. We'd all seen this film before. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like you, Paul. Same, same, exact same as what you said. Um, I found the style, the comedic style, very fucking aggravating, very jarring. I hated the silly soundtrack, the banjos, the doodling, the over the topness of Holly Hunter. Um, Cage was okay. But Holly Hunter was grating. Many of the supporting cast were grating. John Goodman and Bill Forsyth, 100%, are the standouts. If the film had been about them, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. If it had been about them stealing the baby from uh, Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter, I think that would have been a, a, a good, funny tale. The comedy it's was like, better brother, there. Where art thou? That's kind of what they've done with that. Yeah, but this was just too... It was all too bright and too garish. And I get that the Coens loved to... In all of their films, they like to pay homage to films that have come before. So this is paying homage to the old slapstick stuff. But I don't really like slapstick anyway on a personal level. So when the Coens do it, and they do it... This, Lady Killers, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And I would say, to an extent, in Burn After Reading, although not quite in Burn After Reading... The silly, there is a, there is a silly foolishness in those films, which I don't like. And I know the Coens can do good comedy because they've done Big Lebowski. They've mm-hmm. done Hudsucker Proxy. That's where their comedy shines. Even, even Barton Fink, that's where their comedy shines. When they try and be real silly, it gets annoying. And they are too silly for my liking in this. But the trouble is, there's actually a kind of a good message and theme buried beneath all this showy silliness in this about about um, people wanting to change their lives for the better and, and thinking that they if they just do this one thing 
it's going to solve all their problems and then what that actually means for them but it's buried beneath so many silly gags and whatnot that i just couldn't really get on board with at all i don't think i laugh at anything once in this at all i didn't laugh at anything but i found it all quite enjoyable it's amusing I, yeah yeah I, I just didn't i didn't dig it at all here's the worst thing about this film the thing that sums it up for me when holly hunter pulls up in a car mm. and she's on the brink of tears and she goes i'm barren and it's like oh that's also meant to be kind of funny but it's like not it's just like oh fuck off man i hate that and it never one really <laughs> wins me back and i disliked it more on this second watch than the first one mm, mm. the opposite of you adam mm. i just think i let into it a bit more i kind of knew what the film was about and knew what they were about a little bit more and yeah. i can't i think i've watched it enough times now to kind of know what i'm getting into so it it, it just felt like i watched it another time it doesn't, I didn't get anything more than I've ever got from it before, kind of thing. And I kind of know what you mean. But um, I also agree, like, I know that I, lo- I love Bur- Burn After Reading. It is, it is one of my favourite films of all time. But the, the thing that makes it different for me, yes, it's that kind of silly, stupid humour, but there's this element of kind of threat and stakes in that film. I, I agree. And whereas this, I don't, I feel like nothing bad's going to happen it could be because it's that cartoonish world where it's kind of outlandish and feels like, like this, this, this biker, for example, he feels like he just feels like a Looney Tunes character. And I don't really, I'm, I don't really get it. And I feel like they're trying to do something with the character. And there's some kind of like, um, mystical element when they see the tattoo at the end and everything. And I'm like, what is it they're trying to do with this? I don't understand. <laughs> like- well, see, so that, so on on that front, that's one of the few elements that I like about it. But again, it's, it it's buried, it's buried it under so much yeah. nonsense. The thing that I would take from that with that biker is that he, um, because this is the thing that is interesting below all the surface showy comedy. Mm-hmm. The fact that Cage is trying to break out of that cycle of freedom, prison, freedom, prison, freedom, prison. He does this act where he's like, right, in order to escape and get on the straight and narrow, I need to do nuclear family. Let's get married and we'll steal this kid. But the minute he steals that kid, he sets off this. He sort of like brings about this karmic vengeance upon himself so he creates that biker that biker is right, metaphorical okay, yeah. he creates right. it it's like another side to his personality he said he dreamed it didn't he yeah he dreamed him into existence oh, yeah, he literally up, yeah. purges him into the world and that's what that's where the coins you know they always do a bit of their mystical stuff anyway and things like with yeah. the cowboy and thing in um big lebowski like the ufo in Florida. yeah but even the moment when they steal the baby is when John Goodman and Bill Forsyth sort of like bubble up out of the earth. I know that they're escaping from prison, but it's presented immediately afterwards as them bubbling up out of the earth, like because of this act they did, all all these comic um, forces are coming into the world to make them suffer and pay for what they've, they've done. And Cage manifests that biker guy, hence why they have that same tattoo. And why he's sorry to, to blow yeah. him away at the end. He's it's genuinely almost like, sorry. Like facets of Cage's um, or High's personality 
like brought to yeah. life and fighting. It's like the himself. ego and the id type thing. And see, that's in, that's interesting. If someone told me, oh, the film's about got this element in it, I'd be like, oh, well, fucking, that sounds quality. But it mm. somehow it isn't. Yeah, the execution that's, that's, is just swallowed up by too much um, tomfoolery. Yeah. Yes, I can't. Yeah, I kind of get that. that's that's why I felt like I I probably don't ever read deeply into it <laughs> because it just seems all surface mm-hmm. and silly and, it on, and like nothing else. Yeah, because if you've got something like a serious man, which is more that more recent, um, is it a serious yeah. man? Uh, that one, a serious man. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, um, and that one has comedy throughout it, but it's very subdued, and there's a lot to unpick, and the comedy is not so overbearing. So you do try and unpick it, but here, because if there is something deeper in the story. It's so hard to try and unpick it because it's like swaddled up in all of this Americana, like corny dialogue. I know that the the Coens like to pastiche and spoof things, and they do it well, but they also do it terribly. Mm. Mm. And it just got too swallowed up for me. Is that still your opening intro? <laughs> yeah. No, that's not my opening intro. This is us talking now. We've been talking this whole time. <laughs> I thought Ben was. I, I know we've been talking, but it was mainly Ben going still. <laughs> no, we're talking now. Go um, on, you say something, Adam. I just yeah I I enjoyed it the first time and I've always thought about it since and yeah and I've always thought I, I, you know those films that you look back on and you're thinking I should have enjoyed that film more I really um, yeah do you know when you look fondly back on a film but sometimes you go back there and you're like okay now I get why I didn't like it now I just mm. like the idea of it or I like something about it um, the thought of stuff that comes with it and all of that but yeah this time it kind of it it didn't go like for it hasn't gone from like a seven to a ten or a nine it might be just from a low seven to a high seven to an eight but it just Spoilers. clicked with me again on that another i'm just saying <laughs> i haven't got to the scores yet but mm. um yeah it just it yeah just stuff and it made no sense and i kind of lent into the style a little bit more and i got it and yeah and i enjoyed it and I don't, I don't I think there's much I can elaborate on this film. I don't think it's got that. But then I don't. I don't think it ha- does have that many layers. Like as, as I said, I, I I can't think how many times I probably watched this. Maybe it's probably the fourth time. Maybe maybe the third time. God, why have you watched it four times? Because because I bought it like years ago, so I would have watched it when I first got into film. Then because I had it in my collection, I would have been like, I haven't watched this in a while. And then maybe this is the third time. Maybe it's only the third time. But um. I don't ever, like, apart from the kind of look of the film, so, like, Cage's, Cage's appearance, anything, that's the only thing I ever take away from it, and the biker. Like, the, the appearance of the biker and what what he's about, and it's just this odd kind of foreboding feel in the film. I don't really take anything else away from it, because I don't really, apart from being a little bit of a, of a fun little ride for a, an hour and a bit, it doesn't, there's no stakes, I don't feel anything. There's nothing I feel. No. I don't feel like, I don't feel like worried for anybody. I don't feel like, oh, this is so so funny. It just kind of happens. It's an it's an enjoyable little ride, and then I'm like, okay, I'm done, done for it, done and done it again, done it another time. <laughs> That's it. I know, but it obviously appeals to a lot of people. It has such a high like Rotten Tomato rating. As is well. it called, it's just this whimsical kind of. Is this? This is what I feel. It's. It, 
is it like a kind there's some kind of Wes Anderson feel to it I don't know what it is I, I reckon I it's, it's, just it's like, America Americana that whole n- nostalgic but also, these, n- and also recent these nostalgia of real America. people yeah they're almost like caricatures of a person and you're in this kind of odd fairy tale weird world and that's what I don't like about Wes Anderson films but there's but it does still have this Coen Brothers feel on top of that but like I think the, the problem is they were just trying to refine it they yeah they they're trying to find gonna do feet, aren't they? yeah yeah but they it, but also sometimes you just need a film where there's not a lot of stakes it is just a world of fun and stupidness and um, I think that's why people love Wes Anderson I, don't, I mean I don't really get his films at all I think this is better because it's dialed down a little bit and the comedy is it's not, not so, it's not pretentious that's what it isn't yeah that's what I think it is yeah. it's, it's almost got that more of a real feel but at the same time completely ridiculous feel about it like you could completely see this happening you can see these two people actually existing and yet it's just nice. I mean, the only thing that you just said are stakes. It's like they're in the middle of nowhere. Like there's about, it feels like there's only the characters in the film are the only characters that exist in this area. Mm. And whether you're talking about them being made up in their heads of like the people getting out of prison could be his consciousness coming back and all that type of stuff. Uh, and then the biker guy made up and it is just them two living on the edge of society being lovable, but kind of ridiculous and stupid at the same time. There you go. It's just nice to, I don't know. Sometimes you just need a film to, to just go, yeah, that was just fun. You don't need to be on your edge of your seat. You're just sitting there and enjoying it and just at the ridiculous of all. But yeah, it's like, it's not quite, I'm never going to put it on par with some of the other Cohen films like Lepowski and stuff because that is like, they have they needed to do this to get it to work out what's working and all of that. But yeah, what? there's certain films that are just so nice because they don't really have, like have you know if you've ever seen the film Chef before? Yes, I've seen it. Yeah, it's just nice because it's it's not like sad. It just it's just happy kind of the whole way through the film. There's not the down moment where they all split up and heartwarming for you. Stuff. Yeah, it's just nice, isn't it? It's just nice to feel like oh, it's that like was a warm nice hug, throughout. like you'd say. Yeah, I tend not to really like the heartwarming stuff all that much. You need it in your little <laughs> locker so often. You kind of want to feel more than just one emotion. Yeah. I think like you can still have a good time and, an, and a nice, easy, relaxed time and it'd be good. The thing is, I'm glad it does it for you, Adam. That's the thing. It does it for a lot of people. But I'm not saying, oh, I dis- dislike it because it's just yeah. fun. I don't think it's fun. I don't think it's fun. I think I, it's grating to me for the most part. Mm-hmm. It feels forced, but I put it there. I can forgive it. I'm not saying the Coens are terrible directors. They're the best out there. But they've tier, yeah. done. They, there is a certain area. It's like with Kubrick. We talked about it recently. He did all these genres, and he was like the master of every single one. The Coens, they don't really work in genre. They like, oh, well, now we're paying homage to this style of filmmaking and this yeah. style of film, and they can do it. I would say seventy percent is incredible. Ten percent is good. Twenty percent is very bad, and the twenty percent mm. that's always bad is comedic. I don't know of a serious Cohen film. That I that I think they fail at. I think it's when they try and be yeah too silly. Mm. Yeah, the thing. So I um I know I'm being I'm I'm almost almost being quite harsh in this film, but I still think it's a good film. Let me let me put that out there. I don't think it's a bad film. 
so I still have a good time. There's some there's some quite fun elements in it, like the whole. I think maybe one of the best segments potentially might be when the they steal the baby, right? They find yes. out about the baby, and then they have this fight. But it, this is a fight within a very small trailer where there's not enough space to fight. Mm. So they're like scraping their knuckles on the ceiling their arms are going through the walls they're being punched in the in the cupboards and it's it's this is where the kind of kind of it is kind of a slapstick looney tunes kind of feel works for me in the, mm. that kind of scene um and i do i do enjoy enjoy it but do you know what else it kind of feels like um do you know like amelie that kind of french kind of whimsical tale mm. where it's like, especially especially at the beginning like when he's going to jail and he's like and then he he meets this this police officer who's taking a picture of him it kind of feels like that kind of story i feel like they're taking elements from a lot of different films and like this came before emily though isn't it that's what i mean like do you know that french kind of feel when that when they're telling a story and it's kind of like it's almost like a fairy tale Mm. I can't yeah, really explain I it. You, yeah. That's like the kind of feel I get from this. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. Which can sometimes work if you care, if the style is done well, if you care about the characters. Like in that Amelie, that fairy, I know what you mean, yeah. Particularly with that quick cutting, very short two, three second scenes while someone's narrating a kind of, this is what my life is type thing. And it's never reality. It's almost like these are like hyped up versions of reality. Yeah. It's not but, they're not real people and it comes to what I would never think of this film in that way because it's not good enough but in Emily I'm immediately thinking about when she's talking about the things she likes and dislikes people's knees yeah. um, cracking a creme brulee turning around to look at people's face in the cinema the magic works there mm. I think the th thing about this film is they are trying to slightly not romanticise but do what you're saying there Paul the fairy tale kind of take but about working class Americans in yes, Arizona. Yeah. Poor, yeah. Borderline poor Americans in Arizona. Americana style and all of that gets turned up to nine. To, mm. to, to, to 11 rather. To the point where it's like, oh, this is a lot though, man. You, you're forcing a lot of... It feels like there's symbolism, American symbolism constantly. Like just the way that, like you say... The, the 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 big thing you take from the film, the vi big visual is Nicholas Cage looking that way. But everything, like even them lying on sun sunbeds over like the canyon and stuff like that, it feels yeah. very forced. Mm. Um, I think Americans probably like this film a lot more than um, than Brits. What? Because it feels like a caricature of of uh, like a stereotype of an American in that in that part of the country. Yeah. And it's like brought the comedies come from there. And thinking about saying that I get like Amelie elements, that is what Wes Anderson's trying to do, right? He's trying to make French cinema. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's That's definitely he's trying, trying to make European yeah. cinema, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it, but it's not, it, doesn't, like, it doesn't work with that American lens, I don't think. That's why I hate it. <laughs> That's why it annoys the hell out of me. And that's obviously why I also feel like this feels like Wes Anderson, because I feel like that's what, where the elements are coming from. I would give it to the Coens. This doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel like they are like you said. It's not pretentious for one thing, but it no. doesn't feel like they're going. Oh, uh, we're 
trying to do we're, we're forcing this thing we're trying to do this thing to make it look a certain way it feels like it comes from a pure place yeah it's their own it's their own take on it it's their own it's, the, it's absolutely feels Cohen style it's just that this one style does not work for me like Adam you said that you, you enjoy this would you genuinely when, you, when you're saying you just want to throw something on for a fun ride would you ever pick this over the multitude of other fun ride comedies that are out there like what for you would set this no, apart from them I think you just have to be in the mood for this kind of style of film number one it's got it's got its unique it's got a unique angle on it it's not like oh my god this is groundbreaking unique but there's something about it that you're going to really find in this film um I don't know if there's probably yeah I wouldn't there's it wouldn't be on my top of my list of fun comedies to throw on but wouldn't be there has been my urge to rewatch it in the last year or two and that obviously is going to come back again in a couple of years mm. and I think oh yeah that was like a nice film like let's watch that again it feels like one of those films where you could just I want something but I'm not really paying attention I can just throw mm. it on whereas if I'm putting on like the, the nice guys or burn after reading I'm sitting down and watching that film the nice guys when I was saying that last yeah. I'm like watching that film I'm putting it on and watching it I'm not just throwing it on and being like oh I can talk to someone while this is on it's one of those ones yeah. where it just comes on like it's on the TV it's just like yeah it's on that's it it's on and that's it yeah yeah, I, yeah. I get it but yeah. not because you know it so well just because it doesn't really offer up much of it, itself for you to cling on to yeah exactly yeah it's it's not going to be one of those ones where I'm like, I need to sit down. If I see this on TV, I need to put it on. I need to put it on. Yeah. Although I never do that anyway. I hate, do you know how people say whenever it's on TV? The only film I could probably do that with, mm. there's probably a handful actually. Forrest Gump I could probably do that with. If it's on TV, I could probably just jump in. God, I have to, I have to, because you love it so much, I feel like mm. I have to rewatch it again because I've only watched it a couple of times and I never could grab onto it in that way. Mm. But I watched it many, 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 many years ago. I mean, I grew up watching Forrest Gump. So that could be... Yeah, but it's, it's the N-word factor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Jurassic Park, easy. Just throw that on. I know you'd probably say Ghostbusters. But half the time, mm-hmm. if a film's no, on I TV... I would agree with Jurassic Park as well. Yeah, if Jurassic Park's on, it's staying on. Yeah. Terminator 2. Yep, Terminator 2. All our favourite films, basically. <laughs> but general, in general, if a film's on TV, I would not put it on. If, if I like, saw a film I really liked... I'd be like, I'm not watching. I don't want to watch it from halfway through. <laughs> What's, why would I want to watch it from halfway through? I'd rather sit yeah, down and watch it from the beginning. At the very beginning. Yeah. Depends how how yeah yeah absolutely. Depends how familiar the, you are with it though. Yeah. Like yeah. if Terminator Two is on halfway through, it's staying on. It's only nostalgia film three that I can have on. Um. But anyway, back to this. But, film. It, but, th- but that's the thing. Like this film. Okay, if it works for people nostalgically and. I would wager that because I saw that Luke Human, one of our patrons, commented when he saw that we were covering this film. So mm-hmm. suggested by Jamie, commented and liked by Luke. Loved by who, Steve t- Price, who who basically said, I don't know whether he's, if he's listened to this episode, but he he basically said if it if it doesn't actually win, then everyone's wrong. <laughs> right. So people feel very passionately about it. And be, yeah. they, these guys will take... I don't believe that these guys... I reckon right now, if any of them are listening, what some of them will be, I reckon they'll actually be frustrated with this. Not because we don't think... Not because we're not all singing its praises, but I reckon they'll go, there's more to it 
there's more to it. It's not that this is that. And mm. I feel like that is what we're missing from this film because mm. we don't have the hook to try and dig it out. Where's the access point above, above and beyond what we've spoken about? I don't think there's a lot of this film that you... It's, what you, it is a surface level film. It's a very hard film for you to digest, not digest, um, to talk about. And like you just go, I really, I, I feel like there's not, you can't break it down. You know, we're not going to go through the film plot by plot by, plot by aren't we, and work it like that. We're just going to talk about it in the general terms. I know, but then, but but any film, you can talk about the things that work and why things work on a deeper level and what makes it very good. On this, I can't see anything too redemptive to talk about it in that way. But I don't think there's much depth to this film. I think it is but what it is. I reckon that oh, those people that we just named would argue against that and say there yeah, is. Maybe they can yes. do their own little podcast while we're away. They get all to get together <laughs> and they call together and then we listen Sassing to them. Us. I tried, to, yeah. I tried <laughs> when I was watching and then I gave up because I was like, it's just not, it's not happening. I was trying to fall. What I do... I take a few notes while I'm watching, but ultimately what I try and do is pick up. I, I when I'm writing my notes, I then write in all capitals a talking point or a question that could be posed to make mm. us think a certain way about themes or whatever that's going on in the film. But there just wasn't enough. But what I started with was the ethics of stealing a rich couple's kids when you have none. But then. I changed film, that as it went on. This film doesn't actually want you to talk about that. They don't care. Don't care about that. No, no, no. I know. But what it what as the film went on, I started to see was actually, I think this was the Coens at the time. I don't know if they were parents themselves or what, but they were portraying parents, couples, for the most part, in quite a negative light. Certainly the American parents that they were showing because the rich ones had their babies tucked away in this big fucking cot in a room away from them. These two steal a baby, yeah, because they are led to. He's led to believe that this is what happiness is. And also, the other thing that fucking annoyed me about Holly Hunter again is that's all her agency was. I want to be a mum. I want to be a mum. That's it. Mm. And you had the other couple who turned up and their kids were smashing everything up and they didn't care. Exactly, exactly. There's the opposite of them. They've got a bunch of kids, but they're all fucking little cunts. Mm. And that kind of that's the moment that turned. Nick Cage away from my, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. Um, and here's the other thing that I thought was funny. <laughs> when John Goodman and Bill Forsyth turn up at the trailer, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Nicholas Cage is there with Holly Hunter and the baby. I thought, do you know what this is? This is me and Adam turning up once you have the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe would welcome you with open arms. That would not be the way. Yeah, then we'd be like slobbed. Like, they need to go. <laughs> if, you, if you turn up covered in mud and that fucking hair yeah. body, they'd be like, fuck, get out of my house. I'll be oh, saying, get out Do not sit on my sofa with all that shit on your clothes. <laughs> uh, Mark Commode still rocks the pomade. He loves the pomade. There you go. It's Americana, that stuff. Uh, Mark Commode for, and I've always been meaning to say this and I never find the right channel. Julio, if you are listening, several times on The Contrarians, you talk about Mark Commodes when you read out reviews. I don't think you know who he is. He's a big-time reviewer over here. I love him. Mm, mm. But anyway, he loves Americana. His whole music, his aesthetic is all Americana. It goes hand-in-hand again with what this film's symbolism was. It was just playing with American tropes. And you know the Coens always embed a little um, 
very subtle politics thread throughout each of their films like there's always like you hear about who the president is and what's going on in a war and whatnot here this was a kind of like a Reagan type time right where mm-hmm. the disparity between the wealthy and the poor was bigger than ever at that point anyway so it probably again at the time was received better because it's like oh here is a film about these poor Americans who are trying to get their get their chance for survival by stealing from this rich couple Mm. Mm. Yeah, we just don't care um, enough about it. That's the thing. What I'll say about this film is that out of all the films on there, I mean, I can't really remember Prince of Egypt or if I've seen it at all. But as a film about a baby goes, this is the best film about a baby on there. Out of those three, it's if we're going to do a film on a baby, I mean, obviously, two thousand and one, I'd say is a better film. It's centered around the baby. I haven't seen it in so long. But yeah, this film is the baby center. The baby character in this film is probably stronger than the other two. True. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Do yeah. Do you know what I'm was disappointed that nobody suggested? Baby's Day oh. Out. Yeah, I thought that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> two on the nose for our followers. Our followers are smarter than that. <laughs> is there is there a moment in Baby's Day Out where he's like walking on um, like? Still oh, beams. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've watched <laughs> Although, it when I was really young. That, that might have been Baby Stay Out too. It's one of the Maybe. Baby Stays Out though. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. And one part of the, the baby's in a zoo or something? Uh, I can't remember that baby. Oh, mm. look who's talking. Or look who's talking, yeah. Look who's talking. Speak, speak. Is that the one with Bruce Willis? Yes. That is my story yeah. from Look Who's Talking. If you want to hear I know, my story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that Look Who's Talking one? Must no, that's with Bruce Willis. Two, I think. Look who's me talking Zoe, two is the one with the and, sperm. Oh no, it is the first one. Yeah. Me and Zoe when we were um trying to conceive our first child Woody after after we uh did the business, we used to watch <laughs> the scene from Look Who's Talking of the sperm going to the egg and of Bruce Willis' voice going, Yeah, come on, come on everyone, yeah, 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 let's get to it, yeah, it's over there, yeah, yeah, let's go. And uh, we watched it every single time. It worked. It's, it a, it's worked. a working. It's a working technique. If anyone wants to uh, use it going forward, there you go. I mean, did that make it work, or did just general science make it work? <laughs> yes. Did part, you watch it the second time round? Fifty-fifty, probably. Well, the second time round. No, did you watch we did it? not. So it still happened. Wait, well, the thing is, with the second, it's going to be a girl then. The second time, this this is not this is not saying I'm 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 a bit of a stud, but. We weren't even trying the second time. We we're like, oh, you know, we we don't think it's going to happen. We're we're just, just going to do it, and then it, it, I think if it, it happens, also it happened once, the, like the first time. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's just me, guys. I'm sorry. So actually, you watching it made it not happen. The, the baby was getting scared. Where it's like, fuck, coming into this world with these maniacs. <laughs> man, oh man. Yeah, it's, that is uh, a peek behind the peek behind the mayor's family curtain right there. That's the second time you've told us and our listeners that story, I believe. So they got it twice. Oh, there you go. People might have not heard it the first time. This is for the new listeners. It, you love the story so much, you told it twice. <laughs> well, when when the moment arises for me to bring it up, we li- we literally brought up, look who's talking. And we're talking about it's babies. True. It, it was like a natural. Right moment. Yeah. It was a natural progression. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think that you, that, like, there is nothing in this film that, as a parent, you could particularly connect to, is there? No. Like because like you couldn't say oh you have to be a parent to get no. this or you have to want kids to get this. There isn't there's even no, that kind of hook, is there? There's no proper emotional depth about being a parent or having a child in this. I don't think. Do you think 
there is a film that because you are a parent, like you could say, oh no, it resonates more. You have to be a parent to oh, do get you know this. What, you know what worked uh, on, on a multiple viewing? Eighth grade. So when I, I love that yeah. film. I'm, I'm in mm-hmm. love with that film. I love it so much. When I watched it the first time, I was like uh, reminiscing about my time in school. And now I watched, when I watched it uh, a second time or a third time, I was the dad. All right, yeah. I took. Yeah. I went. I was from the dad's perspective of of wanting your child mm. to like succeed in school and be like part of the the it crowd. It works on both levels. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, multiple levels. It works for me. Yeah. Well, if you rewatch like Banshees, do you reckon in like twenty no, years? No, I would never be that. Is... I would never be Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon Ben would be. I am already a Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to decide he doesn't like us very soon. I'm done, I'm done with you two. I just don't like us no more. <laughs> yes. You haven't done anything, though. One day on the podcast, he's literally going, I'm not doing it. And we'll be like, why? He gets to just don't want to talk to you anymore. Adam will be the donkey. Yeah. Who yeah. chokes I on was, my fat fingers. I was checking Adam's, Adam's poo-poo. And yes. about his poo-poo. And you were like, I don't want to be his friend anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That's that film. That's that's raising Arizona for in our in our lens, I guess. There you go, raising Arizona. I will just be honest and tell Jamie, I guess, since he was the one who suggested it. When I saw that you suggested that film, <laughs> Pig Bear. <laughs> when I saw that you suggested that film, I was really hoping that it wasn't going to win. I wanted anything but it to win because I knew how much I didn't really gel with it the first time. So when it did, I tried, I really tried to put my bias aside and go like, right, come on, let's see what I can take from it this time. It just didn't hook me, man. It couldn't, it couldn't grab me enough for Mm -hmm. me to care. And I'm sorry about that. But hopefully we said some. Oh, explain why we don't like it. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you brought it up, Jamie, because I've been meaning to rewatch it, and it made me happy to get to rewatch it. Give me an excuse to rewatch it again. Let's I think end I on can a, predict the scores. Let's end on a high. Wait, um, I, th- I think I might actually think of what the best scene actually is in the film. It's where they. Okay. It's, it's where John Goodman and um, what's his name? Uh, uh, what's Bill his name? Forsyth. Bill Forsyth are robbing the bank. I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. the best segment. Yeah. Of the I, whole that, that, I mean, like you know, that's a, like slapstick comedy that. That works. That works yes. Just the old, the old time. The blue like, explosion. You told as well. us to freeze, but you also told us to get on the ground. I'll be yeah. in motion. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> where are the bank tellers gone? And they're like, we're on the floor. <laughs> yeah. See, that all works for me. That's great. Yeah. That is a great segment. That very much reminds me of like um, what they did in um, what's it called? Uh, why am I forgetting every name of everything we've ever done? You know. Of uh, Buster Scruggs. Uh, Buster it reminds Scruggs. you of Buster Scruggs. Like a Buster Scruggs little, little yeah, segment. Yeah, yeah. Well, as as it would. Yeah. Um, and then they come back, to like, the, when they she runs through the bank, like, ten minutes later, they're still all on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, and, they, and you hear one of them go, get on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that you have to praise this for, it started the John Goodman collaboration with the Coens. Um, mm-hmm. Which yeah. has been mightily successful, because I can't think of another film that John Goodman is in with them. That was bad. I think it was all all blue skies from here, as mm. far as that collaboration. Mm. That could have worked well with him on set. 
they worked very well with him on set, didn't they? Mm. Even he was even in there. I wasn't expecting him to be when I watched um, Inside Llewyn Davis recently, Adam. And then he popped oh, up. And I was like, oh, oh shit! And he's like, oh, what one do you prefer? Oh, Inside Llewyn Davis, of course. Okay, I like that film. <laughs> I don't like this film. <laughs> I want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, but I know. I don't know how much you liked Inside Llewyn Davis. Yeah, no, I give that an eight. I, I agree with you. Did you though. talk about it in your end of month or anything? No, it didn't. It didn't quite um, cut into it. But I'll tell you, it's a strong month here's an interesting thing that I did. Okay, here is one thing. It almost slipped my mind. An interesting trend that I've realised with Coen Brothers films is that all of, for the most part, the lead character is in stuck in a routine. Yeah. Going between one thing or another, and it's normally a routine of their own making. And something happens to snap them out of it. It's the characters around them that are the interesting ones. Yeah, well, no, but even the even the lead characters can be interesting. But it's, it's yeah, but, but their situation is routine. Like here for Cage, it was jail and freedom, jail and freedom, jail and freedom. For the dude, it's going bowling, getting high, going bowling, getting high, making thingies. Um, White Russians. Going well, after reading, then just going to the gym and talking about bullshit. Yes. John Malkovich on his constant rotation of his drinking and writing his memoirs yeah exactly and inside Lewin Davis like it literally the guy just can't make a break can't make a break but he's his own fucking worst enemy see inside Lewin Davis is that perfect example of a film it's not really funny it has a few humorous moments in it but there is so much in there for you to try and work out and you want to because you enjoy the film like inside Lewin Davis, there is a cat. Of course, I love cats. And the cat represents something. And you know what I mean, Adam? The, the cat is with him on the journey yeah. at different times. And different things happen with this cat. And you, you are so aware when it's happening that it means something that you're not going to be able to work out until the movie's ended. And even then, you'll have to think about it. But because you care, you want to find those things out. Whereas in this, yeah. the only thing to really try and dig into and find out is, oh, well, who's this biker from out of town? Mm. Well, it's just Nicolas Cage has manifested him. That's it. That's all it is. Mm. But there, there is this film is just them working it out. It's the first time they've ever done it. Like, I agree. Yes, you're right. Is it, were they both of them doing it? Because it's just, is it just done as Joel on the... But that's how they always credit themselves. They credit Joel as the director and Ethan as the writer, I think. Even okay. though they both do both, but they just agree mm. to credit uh, separately in that way. Okay, and speaking of cats, in a serious man, it's all about Schrodinger's cat as well, and how oh, yeah. you you yeah. don't know the outcome of things because you're not given the answer. So it could be both things at the same time. Yeah, how can you know? Mm. Well, I think we all know. Maybe I, I know me and Ben know that I, I think that John Goodman and, and William Forsythe are the stars of this film. Hundred percent. About Bill Forsyth looking particularly chubby in this film. Mm. I mean, he looked pretty much the same in Devil's Rejects. Oh, but he's... Oh, man. He's so good in Devil's Rejects. So that good. Arsehole <laughs> cop. Oh, man. But, you know, there is a perfect example, I'll tell you, of why I have a beard. Because when you have a slightly round face, if you clean shave... I'm sorry for you, man. You can't pull off that look. <laughs> I'm sorry for you. <laughs> You've got to have that beard. Because yeah, the, beard. the beard gives you character. 
and now people see that as your face and i think of bill forsyth with that beautiful goatee in devil's mm. rejects mm-hmm. that big cowboy hat not as this baby face no 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 he's the yes devil's rejects wonderful perfect film perfect said, perfect as an aside i said this to jenny at our anniversary dinner last night this is how mm. romantic the conversation was God. i said what if i died and you came to view me in the coffin <laughs> and when they had prepared my body they had shaved my beard off <laughs> because she no one none of you have ever seen me clean shaven mm. i would hate that it would be so jarring <laughs> to be seen that way but also it would be very disturbing for anyone who wanted to come and see my body because they'd be like well that isn't even him that doesn't look like him <laughs> this isn't him and I'm sure you don't really look like you when you're dead anyway <laughs> so look even weirder well, I, I'd, well I'd, I'm not going to retread the conversation we had last night but I've seen four or five people dead after, afterwards oh have you and it, they oh, all look like them they all look they okay. all look like them so they did a, did a fairly good job apart from some minor things anyway that conversation is not for this podcast mm. but the beard one is I want to delve deep into that but off, off the podcast yes so. we can yeah. do okay so should we move on to rating this film yes okay well uh, should we go I've... from estimated high to low yeah we'll go then I think, I think it should be Adam then you then yeah. me okay I'm going because I know you two are going to go. I'm going to give it a little bit more credit than I think it deserves. I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> what? Do you think it's an eight? Or is it actually an eight? Well, it's like a high seven, low eight. So I'm going to give it an eight. God. I know that you two you are going to really give it like six, it. sixes, okay. aren't you? So... You really well, mine's probably, mine's probably like a low, so a low seven. It's just fall down in the bottom, in the lo- bottom 20, and it doesn't deserve to be there. No, it won't go into the bottom 20. Even if, you, even if you'd given it a six, it wouldn't have gone into the bottom 20. No, no, it wouldn't go that low. I'm giving it a low seven. I think it's. I think it's good enough. I it's it's entertaining. I just don't take anything from it. Yeah. Well, I had it a six originally. It's gone down to a five for me because it was even more Ooh, annoying yeah. on the, on the second. So. Are you giving it a five because I gave it an eight? No, no, no. <laughs> I, honestly, I was I was going to do that the whole way through. So what that means is we average out at a six point six six, which we round up to six point seven, and we play the. We've got play about four million game. films. We got four films there. That's and good, the first one, the first one, is the thing from another world. Uh, the thing from another world was better than this. Yes, I, I agree. Better than that. There it is. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't make that choice. But they are both fives. <laughs> oh, you give you give that. Do a you know five. what? Hang on a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I'm. No, it's not. It's not better. Yeah, the thing from another world is not better actually. This is this is better than. So this is going above them. Should we move on? Yeah, Adam, do you think this or thing from the other yeah, world is better? Yeah, this is better than a thing from another world. Okay, okay, so we move on. Well, I'm the one who falls at the hurdle. <laughs> yes. Um, martyrs. Well, martyrs is better, even though I didn't enjoy this it as much. Martyrs. martyrs is better. What did you say, Paul? Martyrs is better. Okay, so that's where it stays. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's above the thing from another world. But below Martyrs, below the 2021 Candyman, yeah, even the 2021 Candyman was better than this. And below Sonatine, oh, oh, oh yes, Sonatine, my tiny victory. Oh, yes. <laughs> my tiny victory. 6.7. Sonatine, baby. Do you know what? <laughs> Sonatine feels like one of those films that in 20, 30 years, I'm still going to be 
thinking about that really left its mark on me have you watched it again I've watched it three times oh Jesus wow okay yeah you definitely feel that way then I, I think that is probably going to be his best film but like, it was the film that sent me on that beat Takashi journey but I've never mm. seen anything that was as good as that I've seen other good stuff by him but I started with the best it seems well very good right just before we move on to what we're talking about next week do you want me to tell you what Luke Human's review was yeah let's hear it we got run review from Luke Human, and he says, Demonstrating the Cohen's future cinematic blueprints, this benefits from quirky, well-developed characters, smart visual humour, deadpan dialogue, and emotionally balanced pacing. Two killer lead performances cement this as a comedy masterpiece. He loves it. Yeah, he does. I don't agree with it. Um, just say the things again that Luke pointed out that he liked. So, should we say whether we agree with them or not? Yes, yes. Demonstrating the Cohen's future cinematic blueprints. Agreed. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, it's a blueprint film. This benefits from quirky, well-developed characters. It's quirky characters, yes. Does it benefit, uh, yeah, it benefits with uh, John Goodman and, and William Forsyth of quirky, well-developed characters. Mm, I won't say yeah. well-developed, but... <laughs> no, they're quirky, but they're, too, they're overly... The whole thing is overly quirked for my liking. Yeah. Smart visual humour. I don't think there's any smart visual humour. Um, I, I think the I th- camera work is good, but I, I don't like the slapstick. I'd say it's it's smart with the visual humour of them fighting in the, the mobile home. No, there you go, yeah. It's very visual. Uh, deadpan dialogue. Mm, well, yes, but they always kind of do that. Yeah. Um, uh, deadpan. It's kind of deadpan in, um, when they're robbing the bank. That's why it's funny. In the delivery and all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And emotionally balanced pacing. I don't know what that means, I have to be honest. Emotionally balanced pacing. Well, I think it's all one emotion, so I don't think it's balanced anyway. I think the the pacing of the whole thing is just scattergun and erratic and all over the place and very abrasive. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only one I disagree on, that last one. Because it's just, it's just all the same and it's just like one emotion... No balance. Adam agrees with it all. I don't know if I agree with that. I think the yeah the pacing one is a little bit. Oh, it's got the nice ending and everything, and yeah. Yeah, you know what? We didn't talk about that ending. At the end, when he talks about the dream that he has. Oh yes. About being an elderly couple and the kids coming in, right? Are we to believe that that's real? Nathan Jr. looked like a horrible jock fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the world Americana again. That's the ideal. That's the American dream, baby. You know, with Nathan, with Nathan as your as your dad, it's like he's he's no good. That kid, <laughs> he's no good. <laughs> but do you believe that? That do you think that was going to happen? Dream again, isn't it? It's just him speaking forward. But then, see, we've had we've seen his dreams have come true before. Mm, or do they come true just for him? Well, if they do, then he would have kids. But that's the thing. If she's barren, as she puts mm. it. Yeah, it's a... But they could adopt, there's other things. Barren. I think it's just him with his American dream. There his is this unforgettable line in there where he said, her womb was a rocky place in which my seed could find no purchase or something like that. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> fucking hell, man, that's brutal. <laughs> brutal. A rocky place. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I watched another Nicolas Cage film last night, yesterday for the first time, Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. Hard going. 
Yeah, that is a hard game. Leaving Las Vegas. Have I seen that? What's that mm. one about? I don't know how he really won the Oscar for it. He's okay, but like... He's a I don't know what else alcoholic in Las Vegas. Mm. I watched a Nicolas Cage film recently called Dog Eat Dog. Uh, that was pretty fucking good with um, Willem Dafoe. It won't mm. be in the end of month. Mm. I've seen that one. We've got a long end of month. He's got to survive three months of two months of watching. Oh, yeah, true. It's directed by Paul Schrader, very violent. Leaving Las Vegas, yeah, I haven't seen it. Directed by Mike Figgis. Okay. You won an Oscar for it, didn't you? You won Best Actor. You give it a seven, Adam. Yeah, it's okay. It's not incredible. I Very hard going. Have added it to the list. Oh, you give it a seven as it's well, on, Paul. Or maybe I'll take it off the list. It's on ITVX. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, one thing I will say to people in the UK, ITVX has a tremendous amount of films in it recently. It has, mate, but don't you realise this is the thing They're that all... annoys me. You've got to pay for premium to access yeah. them, so it comes up on your letterbox that it's on there. You have to pay... I mean, Chelsea pays for it, that's why, because she fucking watches Love Island. Yeah, she doesn't no, want you the don't, You don't have to pay to watch ITVX, but you have to pay for to the watch films. a load of the films that they've added. Really? Yeah. So oh, in, on your letterbox, if you filter it by ITVX, probably like 20% of them will actually be free to watch. Okay, well, I just go on her account, so that's why. You're a very oh, lucky man. Lucky I'm man. I'm not going to tell her that she's paying for it. He's just <laughs> mopping up that money left, right and centre. That's spilling <laughs> she off her. fucking only watches Love Island on it. I'm, um, me and Jenny are going to kidnap Chelsea, Paul. <laughs> yes. This is true. Okay. After Glastonbury. We're going to drive her back from Glastonbury. And she thinks we're going to drop you off her in London. We're going to take her on a joyride. Where are you going to take her? Is it going to be horrific? Yeah, brutal. And Adam, Adam's just laughing, letting it happen. I know. You know that scene in uh, Sopranos when they're taking Adriana? Holy shit. Silvio's taking Adriana out in the car. It's going to be like that, Adam. Has has Adam sanctioned it? <laughs> yeah, he has. He signed those deeds for all the all the money. Taking yeah. heroin keeps fucking me up. There's just <laughs> too much heroin. Yeah, you are mortal, Santi. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Should we talk about what we're talking about next? Yes, we've gone yes. way off the ball. Right. Well, as we kind of spoke about there, Glastonbury. That's that's where uh, Ben and Jenny are going to kidnap Chelsea. Yeah. But it also is where music happens, and the music will happen on our next episode as we have all our listeners we have all our listeners <laughs> as all listeners. our listeners have decided what music film we're going to tackle on the next episode what films were the, were, were the choices we had we had Purple Rain Purple which Rain. is personal favourite there shout out to Sean mm-hmm. for that one it was not successful but it is a banging film mm-hmm. The Doors The Doors yes Mm. The Doors, mm. which none of us have seen, I don't think. Or maybe Adam's seen nope, it, because Adam, Adam's seen every movie. Mm. Oh, that was I thought you'd seen every music movie. Holiday Friend. Holiday and we friend. had Ma Rainey's Black Bottom from um, oh, yeah. from Luke Human. He did... Uh, and then Ma we Rainey. had the one that won. Yes, which was Nerdrovert, who, who, who inspired our last episode of The French Connection. He's getting a double bill in the same oh, month. He is. He's doing very well out of us. Look at him. banning from the rest of the year now. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing 2016's Sing Street. I'm very excited to watch this. Mm. Me and Adam already watched it. It's a film I've been meaning to watch for so long. Yeah. It's second, yeah. second time director on the podcast. Who's the director? John, yeah, he did once. John Carney, who did once. Oh, really? 
Yes. And oh, I didn't know that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't that know. Are you more excited? Um, I don't know because it feels so unique what he did with Once. I'm not sure if I could watch a similarly styled it is film not to similarly it. Similarly styled, I can tell you that. It's okay, totally good. Different. good. You, would, you okay. wouldn't even know it was by the same person. All right, excellent. I'm glad you mentioned it then. There you go. Amazing. That's what we're doing. So we hope you guys can look forward to something which is coming next week yes. before we go away forever. I know. We, forever we will be away a month and a forever half. after that. <laughs> yeah, six weeks. But you'll get some Glastonbury Patreon video like from forever. me and Adam, don't forget. No, you won't. You'll get some from Ben. <laughs> you'll be getting a, a film, a film re- review in Glastonbury. Is that what I will be posting up videos of Adam sleeping in his tent. Okay, I will let you in. I'll put a padlock on it. Okay, well, we hope you enjoyed that episode. We hope you enjoyed the uh, wild. I forgot what the film's called. I was going to say Wild at Heart then. Raising yeah. Arizona. Wild the Raising Arizona episode. Thank you, Jamie, for bringing it to the podcast, for making the Twitter, the Twitter people yes. pick it. Exactly. And that was the penultimate, penultimate episode. On to the final and one next week. On to the final one, and it will be a sad day indeed, but. We'll make it. A, we'll it's make it nice our to best. Have a break. Yes, let's come back fresh. True. Yes, yeah. we'll be it's fresh true. as ever. Fresh yeah. as the excitement comes back. Fresh as ever. Exactly. We'll make okay. it a good one for you, listeners. Goodbye. We love you. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. See you later. Deal, Busters.